Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Well, hello, everyone. We're back for another episode of the Midlife CEO podcast. Today, I have another special guest with me. Shannon Giordano is someone I've known. Actually, we've kn- we met many years back and we've gotten to know each other a little bit closer over the last few. You are not a digital native, but you love social media when it comes uh, to being used for good, uh, to connect us, to share authentically and to build relationships. What gets you out of bed in the morning, other than um, your your three-year-old Chinook, Gracie, (laughs) and the need to get my kids up for school, you say, is helping midlife women business owners and entrepreneurs build the social media community they dream of. So you're many things social media, but you have a little bit of a twist to it. So Shannon, this is awesome to have you here for this conversation today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, Jeannie. So good. Okay. You got to tell me how this started. So did, I don't think I was born with social media. Like, you know, we didn't, uh, you know, I did not know anything about it until probably what, 11 years ago. (laughs) So how did you get into this to begin with? You know, it's so funny. I wasn't even an early adopter of of Facebook. That is, I remember my cousins trying to get me to come on Facebook and thinking, oh, it's another time consuming thing. (laughs) No, I know. Um, Yeah. You know, I was working in in marketing for years and years in the corporate world. And I was a little bored, a little, you know, jonesing for something creative. And I met someone who was looking for a person to do their social media. She wanted someone to set up Facebook and and Instagram wasn't around yet, but to set up Instagram, ultimately Twitter, host Twitter chats. And I basically said, you know, like, look, I, so this was a, it was called Fertility Planet. So it was all about family building, adoption, infertility. And I had been through infertility. So I thought, Mm -hmm. all right, these are my people. I know how to talk to them. I know what my tone of voice should be. Um, And I know marketing strategy. What I don't know is social media. (laughs) So Mm. I just raised my hand and I said, I'll do it for free. And so I stayed in my corporate job and every minute outside that I wasn't doing family stuff, I was trying to figure it out, trying to learn how to host a Twitter chat and how to figure out hashtags and how to just kind of hack away until I could figure out what worked and what didn't work and how to course correct and all the stuff that I talk with people about today. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like when something becomes interesting to you and you're like, you know, I really want to learn more about it. You know, you already knew marketing, right? So you obviously knew one side of that, but then like social media feel, it felt like to me, it was a whole different language, right? Mm. Is that how it felt to you when you were first starting? Yeah. You know, what, what it felt like was, yeah, that there were so many unknowns that I just Mm -hmm. didn't, that it it wasn't a face-to-face conversation with someone. It wasn't um, something that I could just sort of, you know, walk to someone's doorway and knock on the door and say, Hey, how do you do this? I had to just you know, play around with it. We didn't have podcasts back then. We didn't have, I mean, YouTube was kind of in its infancy. So there were some things on YouTube, but it was a lot of trial and error. It was a lot of talking to people who were doing it, um, watching a Twitter chat on Twitter to figure out how to do it. And those aren't even a thing anymore. Nobody has Twitter chats, but they were really big for a while. Um, So, you know, just kind of watching how someone else was doing it and thinking, okay, I'm just going to put my twist on it and figure out how to do it my way. 
it's evolved obviously over over time and you're right like things that were there before like many years back are not there and it changes all the time like i don't know a couple of months ago it was something like if you didn't have an invitation for to clubhouse and and it was like you got to get on clubhouse and do i have an invitation and i was like oh my gosh i have to get on clubhouse do i have to get on clubhouse am i supposed to be there like there's a it still even to this day it's constantly changing yeah it is right and you have to learn is this what we need to be doing so so you okay you you originally started by managing people mm -hmm. their social media accounts for them right and what what happened to along the way so i know that's that's a that's a part of it but what yep. happened for you in your own evolution of your business to say well i want to do something more with this than what i'm doing in managing social media yeah you know it's funny i I was doing a lot of community management, so figuring out what to say for someone online, how to engage on their behalf, what kind of posts to write, how to help them with video creation, all that stuff. Um, and it was just, it had gotten to a point where I felt like, boy, this is not scalable. I can't take on another client because I have so many balls in the air. And I remember at one point someone saying to me, why don't you just specialize, like just do social media for a dentist office. And I remember thinking, how can I come up with multiple brilliant things to say for multiple different <laughs> dentist office yeah. on the same day? Like, you know, creatively, it's hard to use that space and to come up with really interesting things to talk about on someone's behalf. So I was really feeling um, that I needed to expand. I needed to do new things. I couldn't quite put my hand on what it was. And then COVID hit and I had some speaking opportunities and I had a handful of women business owners come to me and say, Hey, I can't pay you to do my social media, but do you have a coaching program? Mm -hmm. So of course I had been thinking about it for so long, but I had never put anything into place. And I thought, okay, this is the universe telling me this is time. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you did. And so you started coaching and, and a variety of people, right. In the sense that they were like, some people had some awareness, some people mm -hmm. didn't know exactly how to post. So what, so talk about, this from the perspective of being a business owner of going from one thing that you were doing to i'm gonna need to coach people right to do what it is that i do it's almost like taking what's in your head yep. and knowing what you do and then saying let me teach you what you need to know so you can start doing this like the people i've worked with in the past how was that for you figuring out how to teach it yeah, you know, it's been such an evolution and it's been really interesting because the first thing that happened was I got all fired up about teaching about it and it was really fun and I couldn't wait to do it and I taught about it and it was great and then, you know, the, the coaching groups that I was doing would have a beginning, middle and an end and when they ended, I had a number of then those women come to me and say, that's great, I learned so much, but now what do I do? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Right? yeah. Then the other interesting thing that came up for me was I recognized and I'm still working on this today, that I was constantly logged in as another client and hiding behind that. So mm. I, even though I knew how to do social media and I knew how to tell a client to do everything they needed to do, I was not applying that to my own business. So this coaching evolution and this, um, the sort of offerings that I have now have really put the, the sort of the mirror back on me to say, oh my gosh, I need to do this for myself as well. Mm. And it's been really good for me because it's helped me to understand you know, what I call that, like a vulnerability hangover, a visibility hangover, where you put something out there and you feel like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, is anyone going to like this? Is anyone going to talk about it? 
Now, before I was really putting the, you know, the mirror back on myself, I was thinking, oh yeah, it's a no brainer. Put yourself out there. Don't be ridiculous. Just have 10 <laughs> seconds of bravery or 10 minutes of bravery or courage right. or whatever. But then when I had to do it myself, I thought, oh, this is what they feel like. <laughs> yes. Well, exactly. And so in a sense, it was really nice to be able to go through it for yourself because then you can become even better at coaching. And I think sometimes that happens for for people um, who are doing coaching or mentoring work, it's sometimes you you become better at what you're teaching because you've had to just recently experience and you know, or you've experienced before and you teach what you know. Like, I, I know it happened to me. Like, I, I sort of had to almost fail in business to be able to know what you really need to do to succeed. And yeah. And when I started to look at the things that I did that worked and how hard it was at that time to go through that, I also thought, all right, what am I learning from this and how can I help somebody else? Right. And I know you work very much the same way. How can I help make this easier for someone? Shannon, there's a lot of things I want to talk and I want to ask you about, and you know, you work, you work with a lot of clients right now and you help them with their strategy. You help them with putting themselves out there, finding their messaging and their tone. But there's a couple of things that I know that are um, important before you even do that. And you just mentioned the visibility and vulnerability hangover. Mm -hmm. What do you think that's about, especially for women who are like, maybe we had a career before or we're not 20 something or even 30 something, right? What do you think is part of our discomfort or challenge with some visibility vulnerability? Yeah, you know, it's, it's so many layers. I think part of it is that, you know, you, you get really good at something, right? So you do a thing, you really love it, you're passionate about it, you do it, you think you do it really well, you're really excited about it, but then you look around and you realize, okay, there are other people doing this as well. Mm -hmm. So then whatever I say on social media needs to be perfect so that everybody will think that I'm the smartest in the room, that I really know what I'm talking about. Because um, who am I to speak if I don't have it be perfect? Yes. And that's just such a, um, you know, I don't know, it, it's going to take you down a spiral downward, right? Where mm -hmm. nothing's ever perfect. Mm -hmm. And someone doesn't hire you because you're the smartest person in the room every time or because you're perfect. Everything you say is like a drop of wisdom. They hire you because they've gotten to know you. They really like you. They like how you deliver things. And I definitely went through that. Like, I remember thinking, having this conversation with my husband, kind of joking around, like, well, I'm in my 40s at the time. I'm in my 40s and I'm going to need to get Botox because they're who's going to hire a Gen Xer to do their, <laughs> their social media. And we were kind of giggling about it. But then, you know, I realized that people that are meant to be my clients gravitate to me and people that are meant to find somebody younger or somebody doing different things gravitate to them. And it's the same with all of us, right? Where you're not going to have a rapport with everyone. So you're much better off to share exactly who you are so that the people that are meant to work with you kind of find you, gravitate to you. And this is one of the things that I think a lot of people do, you know, like I'm a strategic person. So I'm always like, well, I'm supposed to pr produce this content because it's supposed to be leading to this, whatever offer or, you know, free gift or whatever it might be. And yet what it is that really develops the potential client opportunity isn't necessarily that, right? Um, and it's basic marketing, like know and trust. And mm -hmm. in a sense, it, it's not like it's like, 
okay, this it, it's sort of gray. And I think that sometimes with social media, it can be gray. Like, what do I do? How do I be me? And who and how much do we share? Right. Right. And what do you say to, to business owners, especially women business owners who might have a more personal brand, who are a little uncomfortable with how much they should share? Uh, um, not the, you know, the, this is the stuff to the paid stuff or the free gift. Right. But how do you help them start to be a little bit more vulnerable and connected with you when you're diving in to right. working on your social media? Yeah, it's hard. It really is hard. And I get that question a lot too. Do I need to have a business page versus a personal page? Can I just have my personal page? And I, I have strong opinions on that. And we can talk about that too. But I think the key is that first and foremost, you have to think about the person you're trying to reach, the person who has the pain point, that you have something that can help them. Like I remember even when COVID first hit, you know, talking with women business owners who would say, how can I share my products and services now? People are losing their jobs. People are getting sick. You know, we're all scared. And I yes. think, well, if you have something that's changed your life, if you have a piece of knowledge or a product or a service that's actually really helped people in the past or has helped, has helped you, you kind of have a duty to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, if you think about the person that you're going to help and take it out of yourself. So instead of thinking about like, this is all self-serving, this is all about me. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm scared to share my stuff. But if you think about the person that you're trying to help and that pain point and what you could do to really help them get from point A to point B that could change their life, then um, that's really the key. I think you just got to kind of sometimes get out of our own heads, right? We have to get out of our own heads and just think about how can I, how can I talk, how would I want somebody to be talking to me about this thing that I wish I could fix in my life? Well, and there's another part to this, Shannon. It's like, you know, there's a whole strategy on more, 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 more content, right? Just put up tons of content and it should be very curated or like there's different thoughts on, on right. all of that. And yet, does it, <laughs> right? Is that yeah. necessary? And, you know, that I think that we get kind of caught up in the, we should, that these are the shoulds, right. as opposed to this is what's going to work for us or what we want to work to do. Uh, yeah, you, you have to factor all those things in. You have to factor in how many times do you want to be online? How many mm -hmm. times do you want to post? Because you want this to sort of feed your soul too. Or yes. if you're hiring someone else to do it, that's fine because then they can do it on your behalf and you can pay them to do it as long as often as you want. But more is definitely not better. You know, people tune out more. And if all of your posts are promotional, people tune that out as well. So it's really about the mix of posts. You want some promotional, some educational, informational, and some just sort of lighthearted, behind the scenes, fun. We eat ice creams in the office on Fridays, or here I am walking my dog, planning my client work for the day, or um, really thinking about ways that people can get to know you. And then you mix it up and you mix up that content multiple different times of the day. So you might try noontime, you might try four or five in the afternoon, you might try seven or eight at night, thinking about when are the people that I'm trying to reach online? When is yes. the time that they're going to be paying attention to this? Right, right. It's so important because it's almost like you could go through all the effort of putting something out there and then you get crickets back. And actually mm -hmm. someone pointed this out to me at one point. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they didn't get, because they didn't give you a, a response or a reply that they didn't see it and that they didn't connect to what it is that you said. But we're wanting that instantaneous like or that share or that comment. And 
and and then you talk about this too, the analytics. When you start to look at the analytics, it's like, oh, that's also your different story. Right. Um, because then it also helps to carve the strategy in your approach. Um, Shannon, let's talk about like when you're really first starting out though. Like, there, you know, there's a lot to think about. And, you know, with, with business owners, like I really spend a lot of time helping them with getting out there and using speaking as a form of strategy to mm-hmm. attract clients, right? And that's one piece. Your piece of getting people into their community, like Noah Trust, is, um, you know, really is developing their social media strategy. And like speaking, you get better at it the more you do it, right? Right. (laughs) And it evolves over time. Eventually, you might have your own event and it becomes a, you know, that's three days of speaking, but you start somewhere. And so the same with social media. When someone is starting, or saying, I think there's a difference between starting and committing to it. So mm-hmm. I would love to talk about committing to it. Why do you think it's important that you that that there is social media presence, that you do commit to some some form of strategy? Why is that important for a business owner to start to think about doing? Yeah, I mean, I think the bottom line is if, if your competition is on social media, you have to be on social media too in order to widen your horizons and, and connect with new people. Um, but I look at it like it's a real opportunity to share what, what you're comfortable sharing with people um, in a much broader way. So you and I can meet and have a coffee. We can have a great rapport. We can talk. You can think, oh my gosh, Shannon's the person I want to hire her, but you're just one person. Mm-hmm. But if I can share that same message that really resonated with you in that coffee meeting, um, I might reach 30 people who really need my help. And that, that might help me figure out what should my offering be? Do I need to offer some sort of a group versus one-on-one? So it really makes what you're doing scalable. Mm-hmm. And I think I would also say, um, you know, when you're starting out, first of all, you need to be on the platforms that your clients are living on. So if you hate Facebook, but that's where everyone who's going to buy from you is, you kind of have to make peace with it and figure it out, right? So maybe you don't want to post to your personal profile ever, but you're willing to post to your business page. Or maybe you want to just have a Facebook group that you continually invite people in and it's a little bit private so you feel more comfortable sharing yourself there versus on a public facing page. So you kind of have to find that sweet spot between where are my clients living and what am I comfortable doing? Mm -hmm. You don't really want it. Like I I remember having a client say to me one time, I hate Twitter. Twitter's terrible. And I remember looking at their business and thinking, well, you're in luck because Twitter's not going to do anything for your business. So let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. You don't have to be everywhere. You just have, you do have to be though, where you're the people that you're trying to reach are. And then you just have to figure out the best way that feels comfortable for you to engage yes. in that platform. Yeah. But getting started is the key and sort of narrowing it down, which is one of the things that you work with people on. Uh, you, you know, you have a variety of ways that you serve people, but one of the things is really helping to identify um, where they should spend their time. Right. So that's another Absolutely. Yes. And then having that consistency. So having a content calendar where you're planning out. I mean, mm-hmm. recently I had a meeting with um, a, an accountability partner of mine and I was sort of lamenting like, oh, I can't think of anything to talk about this week. And she said, she said to me, well, well, what does your content calendar have on it? I thought, oh, crap. I haven't done that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, and the other part of it for you, too, is that you do have a pretty big social media following um, on, on the personal side, like I know 
you personally connect. I've seen you because I'm friends with you and I see you and you have a lot of responses and so forth. And um, and you have an approach. You're you're witty, like you are you're funny. But then I think I'm the same way. Like I post some things more personal on my personal side. And sometimes it's witty, sometimes it's not, whatever. But then I have my business stuff, right? right. And so it's like, okay, uh, wait a minute. I used to get so in my head about what goes here, what goes there. Right, right. And uh, and it would I would not do anything. And so I would, because I was like, wait a minute, this is just getting too complicated. So I'm just not going to post. And it defeated the purpose (laughs) of being on social media. Do you see that happen to people too, that they just get so overwhelmed by the process that they're like, I don't know where to go. It happens to me. And I'm, it's ever evolving for me too, where, you know, in the beginning I would, you know, post my kids pictures or whatever on my Mm -hmm. personal profile and jokes and laughing with people. And then on my business page, I would post like, here is an article from social media today that you need to read. And then I realized nobody's coming to my business Facebook page to read social media today. (laughs) So you have to find a way to bring your personality and your person to your business posts. And then your, your personal posts, you can occasionally throw something businessy out there. But I find often when I put something businessy on my personal page, it falls flat because my friends are like, yeah, we already, we're going to see that on your business page, or we don't follow you over there because we don't care about what you do. We want to see your kid's track picture. So, you know, your audience gets used to what you warm them up to, to be Mm -hmm. delivered, you know? So I think that the best possible way is to share a little bit more personal stories, wit, whatever is your tone of voice on your business page. And then on your personal page, just share your normal stuff. That's not to say you can't cross over. Like if I, I'm, I'm about to launch a website, um, mm-hmm. and my website is kind of going through a rebirth. I will absolutely post that on my personal page too. And But I'll say something like, you know, hey, I'm, I just posted, I just shared, I, I want to share that I've just launched my website. I'd be really happy if you would go take a look at it and tell me what you think versus mm-hmm. I have a new offer and it is XYZ and I want you to buy it. So it's, you got to kind of, I don't know, know your audience, I guess, is what it is. You know, on a personal level, I've um, noticed people who do overly promotional stuff on their personal page all the time or the personal profile, I stop following. And so yeah. I I don't mean to, I mean, I really do like the personal, like the personal connection. So sometimes it is like, I love knowing um the personal side and what matters to them and what's important to them. I like knowing that. And then I go back, I'm like, oh, that's right. What, how do I know them? Because really most of the people I know are either local friends, some family, uh, classmates. And I would say 90% of the people are people who want to connect with me for business. So it's like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. You don't all want to see what I'm talking about for business, but 90%, and this is another part of it is like 90% of the people I know are business owner people on my personal page or personal profile. So in my mind, it's gotten confusing at times. And I think that there's a blending over time, right? It happens on Instagram. It happens elsewhere. And so having someone go through a more customized approach or teaching you a way to develop your own strategy, which is what you're doing, allows you then to come up with a plan of, okay, I'm not going to just think about, I mean, maybe I'm wrong on this, but like, I'm not going to just randomly post something, right? It's, 
it, there's thought behind it. Yeah, definitely. There, especially from the business perspective, because each post should really in your mind have a reason, a call to action. It might not even have an overt call to action. It might be that you just want people to get to know your personality, but usually you're going to get to a place in the post where there is some sort of a call to action where you want them to do something versus your personal page. Um, and there's lots of ways to have a strategy. You know, I talk with clients who have a personal Instagram connected to their personal Facebook and a business Instagram connected to their business Facebook, which that's fantastic. That's probably a Nirvana world. But if you're someone who isn't really going to be active on all four of those platforms, you might want to think of things differently. Like I have one Instagram and I use it for everything. And I connect it to my business Facebook page. But I just make sure that two thirds to three quarters of what I throw on my Instagram has nothing to do with my business. Mm -hmm. it's, so, mm -hmm. so, so, you know, because that works for me, but that's not for everyone. So you really have to kind of find, or if someone says, I'm never going to post to Facebook, I hate it, but I need to have a Facebook page. I think, fantastic. You have to set up your personal Facebook page. You don't ever have to use it if you don't want to. And then you can set up your business page off of that. And then you can focus your whole strategy around that business page and building that up. But it's really knowing it and narrowing it down. I mean, there's multiple levels to this, right? So it's like, first of all, there's like confidence, right? Like putting yourself out there. Right. <laughs> um, I'm just sort of recapping a couple of things. It's like, sort of moving to a place of comfort, right? There's comfort, confidence, figuring out where you should be, where your people are. There's a, like a, multiple things. It's not just, I'm just going to haphazardly put up a post right. and then expect grand things to happen and sales to happen from it. And actually there's thought that goes into this and, and some strategy. And also, would you say there's a little bit of like um, experimentation to it, to the whole process? Yeah, absolutely. So I think all of those points, I mean, I think you get this strategy, which is sort of like a roadmap. If you think of your strategy, like a roadmap, right? It's going to tell you the direction to go in. It's going to give you guidelines. Then the next step is you got to create the creative space to mm -hmm. give yourself time to think about fun things to write about. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. something just brilliantly hits you and it's a great story and you can come up with a great visual and it's fantastic. And it totally aligns with your business. And the rest of the time is like, okay, how can I tell this story? And so you really have to give yourself that creative space. And then once you do, and you post, yeah, I mean, the analytics on Facebook and Instagram are really good and you can look and, and I still tell people it's sort of part art, part science, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't mean that because a post did really well on Wednesday morning at noon, that if you did that exact same flavor of post every single Wednesday at noon, that's going to work. It doesn't mean that it means well, what, what was good about that post? Was it the time of day? Was it a great visual? It's often because you put a picture or a video out there of yourself, which mm -hmm. is fantastically good for engagement. Um, but it, and it could be because of hashtags. It could be because mm -hmm. of what you were sharing. So then you want to look at that and think, okay, how can I do more of that? Not exactly the same. And maybe I'll try out different times a day. Maybe I'm going to try seven o'clock at night on Friday or and repurposing the same content, but just using a different visual is a great tool because if mm -hmm. you think of organic reach is really low. If you're lucky, maybe 5% of your followers will see a post. So if you've really come up with this really fun kind of anecdote that describes exactly what you want people to do and you have an offer built in, figure out two or three photos that go with it and share that same post three times on three different days at three different times and then see which one did the best. It's a lot of that marketing, A-B testing and trying to figure out what works. But I like what you do is you really, you, you don't just stop at, here's a cookie cutter plan and you're going to post here, 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 
And this is the content and it's all curated. Like you really do work with people on their strategy to figure out all of it and a sort of a growth plan around it. You know, just knowing your work as I know it already, I know that you do that to really help it become a more individualized approach for them. Um, because I don't know about you, I, I've seen many people put out offerings and it's like, here is your formula, your specific mm -hmm. formula, download these templates and this thing. Why, why do you think the cookie cutter thing isn't necessarily the way it's at? Because I, I, you don't use that approach, right? I know, no, I really think that, I mean, I, for me, a strategy is a living, breathing thing. It needs to mm -hmm. always be evolving, always changing, always looking for new ways to interact. And the cookie cutter stuff, can be a very inexpensive way to get content on a page. So it's not that I always say, don't ever do that. Mm -hmm. If that's the bare minimum you're gonna do. Sometimes I'll meet someone like say a realtor or whatever who will say, well, my company will give me three graphics a week to share. Well, great, if that's the only thing you're gonna do and otherwise you wouldn't do anything else, fantastic. Because you'll, there will be some there there when someone comes to look for you. Come sure. on Facebook and they look for you, it's there but people tune those out. So it starts to look exactly the same. And you look like the same as every other realtor who works for that company who's using that same graphic. Right. So you want to stand out by weaving in your own personality and, and keeping things a little bit different. You do want people to always recognize that it's you, whether that's with brand colors or your own photo, if your own photo's in there, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, being flexible, trying new things, uh, that's just super important in a strategy, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it's it's like really getting to a place of comfort with it and understanding that it is a process. It's part of your over, it's, it's not the only part of your marketing strategy because what you did say, which I think is very important for listeners to remember is if you're only, if you're working to try to attract clients through social media alone and you're not doing any paid advertising, and you've got only about 5% of the people that might see these posts. Right. And you're looking to find a client. It's not necessarily, and you want to do it quickly. <laughs> it's not going to be like, I think people think, oh, I'm going to post on social media and that's how I'm going to get all my clients. I'm like, right. it's not necessarily the fastest way. I'm not saying that it's not a way, but I, would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that in the most recent algorithm changes on Facebook, I mean, Facebook really wants you to stay on Facebook. They don't want to send you, they don't want you to send them anywhere. So mm -hmm. if you are, if you've got something on your website, like a free gift or a blog post you want people to read and you want to send people off of Facebook or Instagram to read it, you're better off using a paid ad campaign for that because mm -hmm. Facebook loves to send you off Facebook if you're paying them to do it. Yes. But if you want, you know, so I think it's good to have a mix of both. You know, you've got an offer or a free gift or something you want to drive people to do, you know, low budget you know, Facebook mm -hmm. ads and send people there. Otherwise, keep people on the platform and engage with them by telling stories, sharing anecdotes, giving examples, testimonials, videos, Facebook lives, all that stuff that creates content because Facebook loves that and they yeah. will share your stuff to more people. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I'll tell you one of the posts I put up a couple months ago was about my health journey. And I remember thinking, what? Really? I put up all this other stuff and this is what people are interested in. And then it occurred to me, it was like, oh, this is probably why there's so much engagement and like it more and more people are seeing it. And then like it like started connecting dots for me. And I just thought, okay, so this is on my personal page, like profile. 
and this is probably who's seeing it and more and more of the, like, so anyway, once you start to think about it, as opposed to just throw something out, not put thought and strategy into it. And then you're like, all right, this is how I need to match it to the rest of my approach to growing my business, because it is a part of growing your business. Right. Um, it, it makes it easier to break it down. Okay, Shannon, like, don't you feel sometimes like there's so many things that we have to think about with growing a business? <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So when your your clients come to you, they must say, like, what are the questions that they typically ask you? You know, it's so funny. I I, um, I hear so many things. Usually it's, I love social media, but I just, I'm not consistent. I don't mm-hmm. know how to be consistent. I can't think of good content or I hate social media, but I know I need to use it. Or mm-hmm. so that it kind of runs the gamut, right? And I think for me, it always comes back to, you have to make it fun. Like yeah. this has to be some, there has to be some fun, creative part to this that feels good. Um, unless you have a budget yeah. to pay someone else to do it. And in which case you just share with them all your thoughts and they will create all your social media for you. But I think yes. the best social media comes from the person, you know, herself, I, I feel, because it really lets your own personality come through. Yeah. So you just need accountability and the creative space to figure out that consistency, whatever that tool is you need, whether it's a content calendar, a written strategy, mm-hmm. um, a two-hour meeting with yourself every Monday morning, you know, you just have to figure out what that thing is and then keep it fun and engage with people that can help you keep it fun. Love it. Love it. It's so helpful. And I know that that's, this is what you do. So when you're working with people, um, talk about how you, so there's a piece that you talk about, which is tone of voice. Mm-hmm. And I want you to dive into that a little bit more and explain what you mean by tone of voice, because this is part of the strategy. So what is, what, when you say tone of voice, um, explain a little bit more. Yeah, I really mean it's, it's everything about what you're bringing to the table. So it's your, it's the words that you use. It's the Mm -hmm. feelings you're trying to evoke. uh, It's the visuals that you're sharing. So it can be the written word. It can be the spoken word. It's really about how you're trying to make the people who are following you feel. So mm. is it, you know, warm? Like when I was I was working with um, Fertility Planet, everything was about being warm and inviting and caring because people were going through a really difficult time and people needed the space to, to be sad, mad, angry, happy, all that, you know, confused, all that space in one. Or maybe your tone of voice is a little bit sarcastic and snarky because mm-hmm. people love that and they follow you because they know they're going to get a laugh out of whatever you're saying that day. Right. Um, or you've got, you know, big brands have a tone of voice. So life is good is all about being optimistic, upbeat, um, dove soap had that whole love the skin you're in where it was supposed mm-hmm. to be all about feeling good about yourself. So brands are thinking about tone of voice all the time. And we can think about our tone of voice and it, it doesn't have to be one dimensional. It doesn't have to be, I am warm. So everything I say has to be warm. It it can be, like you said, witty. It can be, you know, bringing some humor to situations, um, inviting. It really just, it's it's all about how you want people to feel so that they look back and they want to follow more of what you're saying. Jana, I'll never forget when I started meeting people in public, like after years of doing some form of social media. And I remember people would be like, I'm on your newsletter list and I follow you on Facebook. And I was like, what? <laughs> like you do? <laughs> but the thing that I kept getting back was you're just a, like, you're just who I expected you would be. And that to me was felt like such a compliment because I knew I was showing up exactly how I would be 
you know, like if you were having a conversation with me as a friend and I knew that that was important to me I wasn't stiff and all that because that's not who I am in person. And I think that that's a piece, even like in making a decision to work with someone, you really are paying, you're starting to use social media as a way for people to pay attention, Mm. right? Absolutely. Um, And to have a behind the scenes look. So they're really getting to know you and, mm-hmm. and what you do in your business versus just, I mean, gone are the days of glossy stock photos where we just say, have everything be perfect all the time, right? Yeah. I think that COVID really broke down a lot of those barriers where people were showing what life is really like while you're trying to work yeah. and homeschool and you can't go out anywhere and you're exhausted and you're, or you gain 10 pounds or you, you know, anyway, you have all those, all those kinds of feelings, right? So yeah. I think those are the most relatable kinds of posts of all than to have someone come on all the time. It's like, I'm rocking it. Everything I do is perfect. No problems oh, at all. You know? I know. I, I actually stopped listening to people who were like, yeah, I got all of it together all the time. And I'm like, well, I don't. So I guess I'm not going to go over. <laughs> like, you're not helping me. I know. Um, it's, because it's I, actually, I was struggling in the beginning of COVID to have this morning routine. Yeah. So I was talking to a friend and she said to me, maybe you don't need to get up and exercise and pray and meditate and do angel cards and stretch. And, uh, <laughs> like Then she said to me, what, what was your morning routine when you were at your happiest? And I thought, oh, I used to get out of bed and shower and my husband would bring me a cup of coffee and we'd get ready to go to work together and we'd leave. And she said, well, why don't you just get up and shower and ask your husband to bring you a cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and I did and it was great. So yeah, the shoulds and the feeling like everybody that's online in, you know, with their perfect lives, it's not real. Oh, I know. And I love this because I think that this is coming out of these times. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of giving yourself permission to not have to have everything curated and be looking super perfect because I think there was a trend for a long time that you sort of were supposed to show up, especially in this crowded space. Like I'm in the coaching space, right? So there's many, many coaches. There's many other people who do something similar to what I do. As I know, you know, you're, you also being a coach, Mm -hmm. you, you know, that people are sort of trying to find their space in the world to be found online and that there was that trend. We're going to need to put this content up. We're going to need to look this certain way. And I think the more real we are without being private, revealing private, right. Is like, that's the sweet spot. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Cause I think there is a feeling, like you said, where who am I to talk about this stuff? If I'm not already perfect at it. Yeah. But the bottom line is that again, people, you can't be perfect at it anyway. Mm -hmm. And sometimes new things come along. Like I remember I was having a coaching client for a while and then Instagram put out reels and she said to me, Oh, how do I do reels? And I was like, I have no idea. It just came out a week ago. (laughs) So we sort of delved into it together and we figured it out. Love it. Or sometimes I'll say, you know what? I'm not an expert at that. I know someone else who is, I'm going to pass you over to them. You have to be okay with that because that doesn't mean that you're not good at what you do. Are there any social media platforms that you don't really like when someone comes to you, you really do feel like you have a specialization versus you don't. So which, which do you versus don't you? So if uh, if someone wants Pinterest, I really don't get Pinterest. I think it's really cool Mm -hmm. to find interior design stuff or recipes, but I don't know how to use it as a tool, but I have someone who does, and I would pass them instantly over to there. Um, I, and TikTok, I TikTok, I'm not the greatest with, I feel like it's just not me. 
I, I, you know, I have a client that's, um, that's targeted at young teens and dating and they wanted me to do TikToks. And I thought, I haven't been on a date since 1992. I'm not your person. Like I can't talk about dating on TikTok. You can get a 20 year old to talk about dating on TikTok. So I'll help them with that strategy of what they should do, but knowing that it is not me. And Snapchat too, I think my kids would disown me if I got on Snapchat. <laughs> but otherwise I love LinkedIn. I love um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Those are I'm good with. And YouTube, yeah. setting up channels and using YouTube. But a lot of people want to monetize a YouTube channel. That again, I would probably pass over to another expert. Right. When they get to that point, but it's when you're getting started in the beginning of a strategy, I know that, you know, the whole picture there. So yeah, yeah, this is great. And, and so you personally, where do you like to hang out the most? Which are your platforms? I love Facebook and Instagram. I know yeah. a lot of people are like, Oh, Facebook, but I love, I get so much comfort and friendship and guidance out of Facebook groups. I'm in a number of Facebook groups from where I went to college, from Mount Holyoke, and that's my go-to when I need advice. Like if my son needs to have surgery, I throw it out there. Like, does anyone know this surgeon? Who knows this person? Or I really love that. And I love uh, Facebook groups. I have a couple for social media and I love the whole feeling of having this social media village. So if you have a group of people that you're friends with on social media, you can make a little pod with them and say, Hey, I just posted something on Facebook. Would you all go give it some love? So there's lots of That's ways great. that we can leverage and as women business owners really help each other out. And I love that. Um, and Instagram's just fun, just beautifully visual, lots of fun. I love hashtags. Hashtags are fun. You can go down all sorts of rabbit holes with hashtags, but it's a lot of fun. And you have a free gift about hashtags too, right? I do. I do. I have a hashtag guide. So I'm, I'm happy to send that out to anyone anytime and to talk right. hashtags with them. I also feel like Summertime, the last couple of years, what summertime is turning out to me, I, I'm on these listening tours. I feel like I'm spending a lot of time listening, which I absolutely love and learning what women business owners really need. So I would also be happy to offer a free half hour consultation with anyone that wants to talk to me because I feel like Good. I learn as much about what women business owners are worried about on social media as I'm able to give an advice and guidance. So it's just a nice, it's a free gift for me too. Excellent. Okay. And, and so your website, uh, is being launched this week. It is, it is. So probably by the time the podcast is live, so it's serendipitysocialmedia.com or anyone can get to me at Shannon at serendipitysocialmedia.com anytime. And I promise to respond. Perfect. And tell me what was the name? Why serendipity? What, where did that come from for you? You know, what's so funny. I loved the word. I just loved the word. And I, I launched at a time when everyone was an agency. Nobody was putting their own personal brand out there. So I didn't want it to be Shannon Giordano anything. I wanted it to be yeah. an agency name. So I just loved the name Serendipity. So I thought Serendipity Social Media, that's nice alliteration. You have the two S's. And then the funny thing is like, I put it all out there. I branded it all. And then I thought to myself, this was really a dumb idea because <laughs> the happy accident. So, and there's nothing accidental about social media. You really do have to be strategic. So my whole message is you be strategic, but oh, by the way, my company is called a happy accident. But I think that I've now come to terms with the fact that it's all about flexibility and that there are all kinds of happy accidents in everything we do each day. So I just, I just love the word. I love it. I know I do too. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I have a, uh, just a couple more quick questions. So what does the future look like for you with your business growth? You, you've been on a journey for a little bit. What does it look like? 
Yeah, you know, it's ever evolving. I still do some community management for clients that I've had forever, but I see that kind of drifting away or me being able to have them partner with someone else to get that work done mm -hmm. so that I can full on focus on um, doing full day or half day sessions, strategy sessions, VIP sessions with clients to get them a kickstart and then group programs. Because what I'm finding is we all, and I need it myself, we need accountability and a creative space to get things done. And so having this group um, where we can learn from each other, we carve out that time, you committed to it, so you end up showing up and then, um, and growing together with that. So I'm really excited about doing lots more group programs. Good, I, I mean, I'm the same way, I really love that. And I think, you know, one of the things that I always talk about in business is the phases and stages and things that you do based on where you are, um, you know, where you're starting and what you do next. and. You know, I think for me, when I was finally at a point where growing groups, it was like, I can't wait to grow groups. I love being able to do this because it not only allowed me to be able to have more people in community learning with each other, uh, it also allowed that they could teach each other things that I didn't necessarily have all the skills in that I wasn't supposed to, or feedback from other people. It's just like what you were saying with that, your group, when you were talking about like your son with surgery, it's like, I don't have all the answers for everything on every topic all the time. Right. But when we bring up a topic in a group and you've got a community of people who are willing to share and support, it does make growing a business easier or whatever it is that you're going through easier to be in community with people who are willing to share and support. So that's one of the things that I love about having a group too. I think that's so true. And I think sometimes someone will ask a question in my group and I'll think, oh my gosh, I would never have even thought to bring that up, but I'm mm -hmm. so glad you asked that question. So yeah, yeah. It, it's brilliant. It does make you think. And that's the part about, you know, as a business owner, you know, when you commit to this, you are committing to always thinking, right? Like, it's like, I remember when I was working, I mean, yes, I was working for my job and what I was supposed to be doing for my job, but I'm always thinking about my evolution as a business owner. And you're thinking about what's coming next. It's, it's sort of like with social media, what is coming next? <laughs> um, you know, with business, it's like, what's the next evolution? What am I going to go through next or to next? And I love that you want to talk with more people because it's helpful for you to know how to design your programs in a way that fully supports people. Right as you continue to evolve, as your clients continue to evolve, having that information to make informed decisions allows you to further monetize your business so it's easier to grow too. So right, absolutely. You put your programs out last year, I remember, and it was like, wow, uh, this is going well. How it was so much fun. It was such a, it was a happy accident. And that totally, it really was such an aha moment with COVID having that brought to me. It was just sort of here, here, here's an opportunity, Shannon, are you going to step into it? And I was like, yeah. yes, you have. And I've loved watching your evolution and, and what you're doing. And, and I think what's so like to me, what's so nice to see is that you're giving confidence to, especially women who are like, I'm not really that confident at this and I need support to grow. Right. So I love that you get to, it's a ripple effect, right? 
Yeah, and there are often so many people out there that can help support the thing that you're not so great at. So sometimes through the strategy session, there'll just be one area where someone will say, I really, I'm, I just can't do that. And I'll think, I know someone that's great at that. You know, yeah. so we all don't have to be perfect at all aspects of our business. And I think that that's the beauty of, of you know, being a midlife woman business owner, there's a huge community of us and we can all, you know, if we have a sweet spot that we're really good at, share that and help each Absolutely. other out. My final question is about uh, the phases and stages of business. Uh, as I mentioned um, with me, the way I look at it is there are certain things that you're doing when you're first beginning and then you, you as you continue to evolve. What do you see for someone as they're starting on social media as the phases of social media growth, uh, you know, what, what should someone be aware of as they're getting started and then as they ramp up and what would you like to share about that? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're first starting, the, you know, the, the very foundation is making sure all your platforms are optimized. So mm -hmm. your LinkedIn profile is in great shape. Um, your Facebook about page, you know, the about section is really filled in because you want to make sure if somebody hears about you, unless they Google you, they may just go directly to Facebook, directly to LinkedIn, mm -hmm. and they're going to look for you. And you want to make sure what you're sharing there is exactly what you want people to know about you. So that's kind of the foundation. And then from there, you want to start posting, right? Trying things, building that consistency. So that's sort of the pushing content phase where you're sharing things, you're scheduling content, you're getting things out there. And then the gravy is the engagement. So that's when you start seeing, oh, that post really resonated. Look at all those people that commented on that. Comment back to every single one of them, like every single thing that they said and do more of those. And if there are certain areas of your business that really hit well in a post, think about doing a Facebook live around it. Think about creating a video series around it, sharing a video tip every Tuesday morning or something. So really kind of looking at what are what's making people reach out to me that's the thing that's resonating i need to do more of that and the more creative you can be the more video you can weave in the better your engagement's going to be great but really knowing it from a personal level like not not necessarily guessing this is what the thing i have a hard time with is as your business grows as you kind of level up to the next phase it's you start to run short of time mm. and that's why it's really helpful to really look at what's going to make the difference and come up with figuring out what your tone of voice is, figuring out, you know, knowing your brand, knowing who you're working with, really understanding all of this so that as you begin to bring more clients in or you ramp up to the next level of business, you're not going back and having to figure it out again. You've already gotten a chance to see what is going to work because it is a personal process. Right. And, and being okay with letting go of things that are not working. Yeah. So, you know, and I've been guilty of this myself. You may think to yourself, I'm going to share a tip every Tuesday morning and everyone's going to love it. And if you do that for a number of weeks and nobody comments, no one likes it, no one shares it, that is not the thing people are looking for from you. Because yeah. sometimes we think we know exactly what people want, but really that's all the listening tour that I mentioned is really what that's um, to combat that. Because you really do have to think, right. Hmm, Maybe that's not exactly what people want. They're not looking for tips from me. Maybe they want something else. And what is it? Well, I'll tell you, when I first started the podcast, I was like, okay, so what is this formula? Like, what am I going to do? And what am I putting out there? And, and not so much for the interview, but more so like, I've got to put this out and bring this to more people on social media so they all know about it. And so uh, one of the things that we started doing was coming up with this audiogram. And I thought, 
well, I kind of love that. Like I love having an opportunity. So it's not just a static photo, but that someone can see the audiogram or the video. They can hear that when it's there. And I looked at the stats on it and I thought, wow, those are really good. <laughs> so, you know, so granted, obviously I was trying to still figure out the strategy, but now we know it works. And yeah. the other thing that I have to tell you, Shannon, that was really cool was I didn't realize this. I always kept thinking, how do people do these cool grids, you know, like this photo, this, whatever. And I thought, I don't even know how to do it. Well, I accidentally started my own grid and I realized it was like, oh, it was the audiogram and then two photos. And then they keep showing up in the same order. And I was like, oh, like, so when you're talking about serendipity, it was like, this was rather serendipitous because I was like, I had no idea what I was doing and the audiograms are working. They're looking good in my feed (laughs) and I'm just kind of happy, but I'm not necessarily attached to the outcome. And I think this is what a lot of people do is we get so attached to, Mm, I have to do this strategy and this tip. And, you know, you, from how I know with you, your work is you allow this to be an incubator. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because there's so many ways to go. There's no one right path. You know, you really have to have that perfect alignment of what's the platform and the thing you love. How are you going to talk about it out there? What's really resonating with the people you're trying to reach? So you're just constantly throwing that mix out. But I I love that story about the grid. That's awesome. (laughs) I know. Well, now everybody can go on over Instagram and check it out because uh, hopefully it'll stay like that. I don't know. Who knows? I'll change it up again at some point because, you know, It'll be an accident when I do, but (laughs) well, it happens. It happens. Yeah. It's totally good. It's kind of fun when you're figuring, but it's all about figuring it out and being in sort of a lab of experimentation. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that. So Shannon, this was really fun to have you on here today. Um, people can get to know you more obviously on Facebook and Instagram, uh, grab your gift. We're going to have the links in the show notes so everyone can see where you are. You'd love for them to talk to you on, um, to, to, um, have a consultation with you and Absolutely. talk further. Yeah, I would. Great. Okay, good. And, uh, anything else? Oh, actually one question. What is it that you are reading right now, personal or business? Would you like to share? I always seem to have multiple things going at one time. So I'm almost finished with The Midnight Library, which is so good. Such a good book. Love, love, love The Midnight Library. Really cool fiction. Um, And then, oh, I also have a book called The Teenage Brain because I'm trying to figure out my boys all the time. And then the third is um, this one called The the Content Handbook. It has this sort of grid-like approach to how you can come up with new content all the time because I'm always trying to think of how can I come up with creative ways for clients to think about their content differently and not to get that, you know, writer's block when they sit down at their computer and think, oh, what am I going to do? That's great. I mean, you're uh, clearly you're learning. You're 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 learning how you can be even more of a boy mom than than <laughs> like you're already a great boy mom from what I can tell from all your photos. So and from knowing you. <laughs> so um, and the Midnight Library that is a book just for fun for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a fictional Good. novel. It's fun. Great book. Yeah, that would be probably my beach read. So yes, yes. awesome. I love it. Thank you so much for being here, Shannon. It's a pleasure to spend extra time with you today and for everyone to get to know a little bit more about your work. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure.
You're welcome. Everyone, thanks for being here. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Shannon, please just go ahead to all the show notes and you'll listen, uh, take a look at all the links to get to know her better, all of her work and social media. If you need somebody who can support you with your digital, uh, your social media strategy, she's right there for you. And also, if you have not joined us over on the, or inside the Midlife CEO Facebook group, come on over to geniespyro.com forward slash CEO. And I would love to host you inside. We talk a little bit more about what it's like to grow a business at midlife and also ways to monetize your business even further. So if you're a coach or client-based business owner, hop on over to uh, Midlife CEO in Facebook. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care for now. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.